Hi there, everybody. Hope you're having a great week, wherever you are. This is Will Young, and yes, you are in fact listening to Elwood City Limits. It's normally the Episodic Arthur podcast, but it's going to be a little bit of a different show today. Uh, Well, normally, this is where I would introduce my co-host, Lucas Mancini, but... Uh, this, uh, these last couple of weeks have been a little bit difficult, and I'll explain. Uh, Lucas has a new job, as he's mentioned, I believe, a couple of times here on the show. And, uh, his new job is taking him not just across different, uh, different cities, but also to different provinces. In fact, uh, here in Canada, he is on the West Coast this week, and uh, yeah, he's having fun in Edmonton and Calgary. I've been seeing some of the photos he's been putting up on his Instagram. It looks very cold over there, so I'm uh, I'm happy that he's having a good time. I'm also very happy that the cold weather isn't quite here yet. It's still, it's I mean, it's chilly, don't get me wrong, but you know, it could be, you know, we're, we're talking snow-capped mountains here in Edmonton and Calgary, so I'm not ready for that yet. Anyway, Lucas has been behind uh, by three hours of my time zone, so we've not been able to really find a good chunk of time for us to record an episode. We're hoping that next week uh, he'll be back here in Halifax, and we can uh, record together our episode on postcards from Buster, which I'm very much looking forward to talking with him about. And, uh, of course, getting your thoughts and everything. Speaking of your thoughts... Uh, so I didn't want to go too long without some, uh, um, some, I'm trying to, I'm trying to do this in one take, so I probably won't edit this out, uh, some content for you. So I figured with the emails mounting over at ElwoodCityLimits at gmail.com, it seems like a good time to do another mailbag special. That's right, we've got a lot of uh, correspondence over there. And near the end of the episode, once we finish off with our emails, I have an announcement for the future of the show. Now, a couple of people have uh, either tweeted or commented uh, on a recent uh, announcement when I let everybody know we were uh, digging into the mailbag this week. Uh, they said, uh, well, I, I hope that doesn't mean the show isn't ending. And yes, I know, that the, the wording of that... You know, uh, a, a, a chat about the future of the show. Yes, it seems a little little ominous, but no, it's, don't worry. The show is not going anywhere as far as we're concerned. It, but it is has to do uh, with the future. So uh, I will tell you all about that. Uh, okay, so let's go ahead and over. ElwoodCityLimits at gmail.com. That's where you can send in your emails at any time. And if you'd like them right on the air, if you'd like it to just remain between the three of us. Lucas, myself, and you. That's cool, too. But these ones, uh, I b- believe, would like to be right on the air. So let's start it off with Lion Dog ZXA, one of our emailers who's been quite prolific. Uh, they say, a few episodes ago, someone wrote about their personal connection to an episode of Ar- Arthur. I thought I'd do the same thing. The episode When Carl Met George means a lot to me. As someone who has autism, I appreciate how well they represented the condition, and Brain's example of how it feels to live with it explains autism way better than most media dealing with the subject. So I'm interested in that episode very much, and I we're not going to be doing it yet, obviously. It, it won't come up for a while. But when we get there, I am going to be looking for uh, some input, as I like to try and do uh, with some of the other episodes tackling issues or simply uh, character types that are not part of the experience of Lucas or myself. And uh, I hope that any of our listeners 
who are on the autism spectrum um, will be able to give us their thoughts on that episode when we get closer to it. And I'll give I'll give you as much leeway as I can. I also need your help. As much as I love this podcast, there's only so many times I can listen to the archives before getting tired of them. What are some of your podcast recommendations? Well, Lion Dog ZXA, I love podcasts. Lucas does too. Uh, I uh, I apologize. I asked Lucas about one email, and I didn't ask him about this one. So hopefully, I'm going to try and uh, keep this highlighted in my Gmail folder, and we'll ask him on the next episode. Uh, I feel like we've also talked about this a couple of times, podcast recommendations, but they're they're fluid. I'd like to think they're fluid. So uh, I can give you a little bit more. And since, you know, all we're talking about is the mailbag this week, I can give you a little bit more in depth as to what I really love to listen to. So I've got my uh, podcast folder open here on iTunes. And I'll tell you that one of the best podcasts that I've found recently, and I'm enjoying every single one, um, it's not often that I find a podcast that I listen to every single one of the back episodes for, but You're Wrong About is a tremendous podcast talking about all of the misconceptions about a certain topic. Sometimes it's a broad topic like uh, gang violence or stranger danger or the D.A.R.E. program, and sometimes it's about a person. Most uh, most often it's about uh, a woman. There was a two-part episode on Tanya Harding that they did that was really excellent. Uh, they're just doing one now on Nicole Simpson, the wife of O.J. Simpson, and uh, a lot of very um, a lot of very in-depth research goes into them, and I learn something every single time. It's great. I would really recommend it. You're wrong about it, it's called. Uh, I'll try and categorize this as much as I can. Uh, also want to give a shout out to uh, friends of the pod, Dog Island. Recently picked up their T-shirt. Uh, if you're not in- if you're not interested in kind of Atlantic Canadian politics and kind of that sort of th- that sort of thing, they are very funny guys. But that some of it might be a bit lost on you. I just want to make sure to give them their due because they're very funny and uh, doing a good service as well. Uh, wrestling podcasts, I listen to a few if you're into professional wrestling. There's a chance you probably listen to the Attitude Era podcast, which was one of my been one of my favorites for a long time now. I'm getting back into post-wrestling with John Pollock and Wei Ting. That's the closest thing I come to um, regular coverage of professional wrestling. Uh, and my all-time fa- – oh, uh, I must also say WrestleSplania, which is uh, uh, by women, originally by Rachel and Kath. And uh, it's all about introducing people to the world of wrestling, as is how-to wrestling. I would recommend that if you're interested in wrestling but uh, want to learn more about its uh, history or its characters. And the New Generation Project podcast, which is a big favorite of mine. I really hope they come back someday. We Hate Movies is the funniest podcast I listen to on the regular. Uh, Something that just manages to be almost effortlessly funny every single week. Uh, and I really admire those guys for how funny they are, um, the movies they tackle, and how they manage to keep it interesting. They've been on the air for 10 years now, and it's one of my absolute favorites. It's in my top three. It may be my number one. Uh, let's see here. Uh, oh, also a shout-out to another wrestling podcast, Tune Sweet. Spoke to them on Twitter a while back. They talk about professional wrestling music, which is very much in my wheelhouse. I like more general ones like Heavyweight and Reply All. They're both on the same podcast network. Heavyweight is about kind of human interest stories uh, where people end up kind of connecting with parts of their past 
uh, or just kind of solve a burning mystery that's been uh, eating at them for a long time. And Reply All is very internet focused. Uh, they actually did a, an episode recently on the 30 to 50 feral hogs meme that I thought was really, really interesting. Uh, and they often cover stuff like that or like tech issues, um, internet related issues that are um, current. Also listen to the Comedy Button, very stupid, funny podcast. Uh, uh, a lot of guy energy in there, but uh, I, I think if you, if you like fart jokes and stuff like that, it's very effortlessly funny. Uh, for video games, I listen to the Giant Bomb cast and the Giant Beast cast, which are Giant Bombs to podcasts. Love those guys. Uh, Smodcast, whenever it updates. That was the first podcast I ever listened to, and I'm a huge Kevin Smith fan. And finally, uh, I would recommend What a Cartoon and Talking Simpsons. What a Cartoon is basically like... Um, I, I, in when whenever I get most ambitious about ECL, that's what I hope that we could be one day. Their production is first rate. Their conversations are interesting. I learn something every time about different uh, aspects of cartoons. All kinds of different cartoons they cover. There's bound to be an episode that you're interested in if you like this show. If you like ECL, you will love uh, what a cartoon. And if you love The Simpsons, they're. Uh, Partner podcast, Talking Simpsons. Thank you, Lion Dogs NXA. This one's from Matthew. Hey, guys. I heard your discussion of an Arthur Five Nights at Freddy's knockoff, and there actually is a knockoff game called Arthur's Nightmare. I haven't played it, but I watched Peanut Butter Gamer's walkthrough of it on his gaming channel, and it looks super cool. You guys should definitely check it out. Also really looking forward to your review of Postcards from Buster. Yes, I was aware of that. Uh, Arthur's Nightmare. I actually totally forgot about it, but this jogged my memory. Um, I wish I could have remembered it when we were talking about it with uh, Andrew Power a couple of episodes ago. But the uh, So the thing there is, is that uh, when it comes to games like Five Nights at Freddy's, I kind of rely on shock and surprise. I'm a big, big wuss. So uh, I've seen playthroughs of it, and... That's probably fine. I think it's a little, a little, a little strange to put Arthur in a horror context, but hey, I mean, every, everything's everything's fair game, right? So uh, yeah, <laughs> it's it's a weird thing, that's for sure. But I'm glad somebody made it. It's very creative, to say the least. Mister Menino's true identity from Danny. Hey guys, hope this finds you well. After watching Sue Ellen Chickens Out, I had an interesting theory. We meet Mr. Menino as the kind owner of the famous Sugar Bowl. He is settled on selling the Sugar Bowl to Chicken Lickin' until he discovers a sentimental moment with Grandma Thora. In the flashback, we see Menino and Thora have a spark-filled moment in which they dance together. This memory reignites Menino's love for the Sugar Bowl, and he has a dancing moment again with Thora. I bring this up because we never hear about who the paternal grandfather is for Arthur and D.W., could Mr. Menino be the father of David Reed and the grandfather of Arthur and D.W.? Mr. Menino mentions he has a daughter who isn't interested in resuming the business because she wants to be a marine botanist. Do you guys remember anything at all in the Arthur archive about any character in this field of work? If not, I think we should pay attention to any future marine botanists because this could be Arthur and D.W.'s aunt, Dave Reed's sister, or half-sister. Interesting. I'd also like to mention that it never specified that Thora was married and her name is Thora Reed. She could have raised Dave as a single mother, a topic that is an Arthur with Buster and his mom. Mr. Menino maybe doesn't realize that he has a son as well. There's just so much to dissect with this. I could also see DW eventually owning the Sugar Bowl in, a, in the future if this family lineage theory proves to be true. DW has the best entrepreneurial spirit in the show and already knows how to hustle Arthur from some of the money he makes. Let me know what you guys think of this theory. This was a fun episode to dive into. 
too. That's from Danny. Wow, Danny. Uh, I like it. I like it a lot. Like, I'm not, Lucas and I are a little wary, let's say, of fan theories, but I think yours has a little bit more legs. <laughs> There's a lot of gaps that you can fill in there. But I find, I find that very interesting. I just love the idea that Arthur or DW could be the inheritors of the Sugar Bowl, which I think is just incredibly appropriate. Although I feel like maybe that would be more of an Arthur thing. The only reason I say so is because I guess in my head, I picture DW traveling a lot as an adult. I don't know exactly doing what, but I feel like Elwood City is just a little a town that's a little bit too small for her big personality. So, uh, I, but I think you're right. She does have the proper spirit. Maybe she comes back to it later and she and Arthur run it together. Now that I think would be something worth visiting in a Arthur 20 years from now kind of thing. I like it. Thanks, Danny. This one's from Kelsey. I'm really looking forward to you guys doing the postcards from Buster episode. If it weren't for the postcards from Buster spinoff series, I wouldn't have convinced my dad to take us to South Dakota. Also, you guys mentioned characters that you relate to. Even though I myself also have an anxiety disorder like Arthur, I feel like I'm more of a Ratburn because I have to have things a certain way. I also feel like Mr. Ratburn could have anxiety as well, but different from Arthur. Arthur's, I feel like, is more social, and Ratburn could have generalized anxiety. There's also a theater on Tumblr that Ratburn is autistic. So, I, I mean, I, uh, I can't necessarily speak to that. It's an interest, interesting theory, I guess, especially if it's um, autistic viewers of the show uh, uh, reading into signals or patterns of behavior that I'm not familiar with. I guess um, I'm comfortable saying Arthur has anxiety because, and I, I, I think I've said this before on the show, pretty much every time I bring it up, so sorry if <laughs> I bring it up too much. Uh, I have anxiety, and I also have uh OCD. Um, and we'll get into that a little bit later, unfortunately. Uh, so that's why I'm confident. Like, I see the same kind of symptoms in Arthur that I see in myself. Um, but when it comes to other characters potentially having something else or something, you know, it's one thing to uh, have fun and, like, uh, in kind of a way to identify with characters, like diagnose them with something that you may or may not have. Uh, and I think that's fine. Uh, but for me to say, like, I think this character might be autistic, I don't, I'm not super comfortable with that for me personally, because I'm not on the spectrum. But I invite uh, autistic watchers of the show. I think that's great that they can see uh, patterns of behavior, not just in the characters, like in the Carl episode that's coming up that is written to have autism, but other characters uh, that they can see with patterns of behavior like their own. So I think that's really cool. And I never thought about it that way. This one's from Kevin. Hey, guys. I just finished listening to your latest episode about Vomitrocious and Sue Ellen Chickens Out. In the episodes, you guys bring up the idea of an Arthur episode about the group taking on a wide-scale protest such as tackling climate change. I keep up with the newer seasons, and they do have an episode talking about it. Muffy's Car Campaign. In the episode, Mrs. McGrady tells the kids about climate change and how they can be activists for the environment in the school. Wow, Really? They also have a conversation about how some, like Mr. Crosswire, can still have the business model that he does and be environmentally conscious. They also have very recently aired an episode about Brain's co cousin, Sheik, becoming an American citizen and what that means. Yes, I saw a clip for this on YouTube. I really like how Arthur is seeing the current political climate and addressing it for kids to understand and process. Keep up the good work. Happy to support you guys on Patreon. That's from patron Kevin Noon. This sounds cool as heck. Uh... I really want to see this episode now. I think I'm gonna I'm gonna seek it out and 
give it a look. Muffy's car campaign. Wow, I'm really glad that they did that. That actually makes me super happy. Um, yeah, that's that's the cool thing is that um, a lot of young people these days are almost uh, because of the circumstances of the world um, forced to be more politically aware. Let's say, let alone active. Um, you know, I have Greta Thunberg and uh, those protests on the mind, which are all driven by young people. Um, so I think it's important that we realize that it's, uh, that this kind of action is an important and sometimes necessary part of life in the year 2019 and the 21st century. I'm, it, it's, it kind of sucks that it has to be, but I'm glad that like, you know, when I was like, I, I've never really been in a protest myself, um, like one, and I was, and I can't even remember what it was for, but it was certainly something I never interacted with on a, as, as a kid or anything like that, because I was, I lived a very, you know, middle class, but still very privileged life. So this is something that is a reality for a lot of people. And I think it's important that a great show like Arthur, one that's able to speak to kids on a really, um, uh, not sub- subconscious in the word, but, uh, uh, a substantial level. That's what, that's the word I was looking for. Sorry. Um, Arthur, a show that's able to speak with kids on a substantial level, is able to kind of bring this messaging across and help kids understand things more, which is what great educational TV should do. Thanks, Kevin. I'm glad you told me about that. Uh, No subject on this one from Awesome Astronaut. Hello, my Canadian friends. I have a comment about the Vomitrocious episode. When Catherine said that every school has the kid who puked, it immediately brought something to my memory. Uh Uh-oh. That's right. I was the barf kid. One day in third grade, I woke up feeling really sick. Although my mom said I should stay home, I decided to go anyway. Then in class, it happened. I felt it coming, and the trash can was too far away. No, I didn't vomit on the floor. It was so much worse than that. I vomited into a girl's desk and all over her stuff. Oh, no. Oh, dear. Though I can remember the fallout from the, I can't remember the fallout from the event. I can imagine one day I'll be on a date with a girl and she'll say something like, "Wait, you went to such and such elementary?" Then her eyes will go wide and she'll realize I was the kid who vomited into her desk. If that isn't one of the scariest things you'll hear this spooktober, I don't know what will. That's from Curtis. Thank you, Curtis. That was very brave. Oh gosh, eh, you know. It's, you know what, those memories tend to stick with the person it happened to the most. And by that, I mean you, Curtis. I'm sure that sticks with you more than, I would imagine if that girl remembers it, she doesn't even remember who did it. Like, it's just funny how memory works that way. I remember a lot of dumb things that I did in, I I mean, my entire life. And then I'll tell that to people and they'll be like, really? I don't remember that at all. It's, it's interesting how, um self-focused our memory is uh and uh, you know some and sometimes people have a good memory of that sort of thing but i find often it's usually sticks more in our heads than in the heads of other people thank you for sharing that though that is quite the the bone chiller this one's from cat greetings from north carolina today a fellow ecl lover and i discussed a rather interesting topic well interesting to us anyways we tried to figure out what each character's teenage anthem is 
Two that we completely settled on are Fern and Muffy. Fern's would be, I know it's over by the Smiths because she is totally a Tumblr girl who wears Doc Martens and writes sad poetry when she hits 15. Muffy's would be Prima Donna by Marina and the Diamonds for obvious reasons. Or Habanera from Carmen if she stays the opera route. Looking forward to the opera episode next season. What do y'all think? Would love to hear your thoughts on these two as well as the others. So this one I actually did go to Lucas for. Uh, I asked him about teenage anthems, and he had a couple of answers. He actually had one for Fern as well. He uh, was thinking My Chemical Romance is the Black Parade, which I like the Smiths one. That's good. I like. I, I feel like there's room in Fern's heart for gothy heart for both of those. Uh, he also says uh, Aliens Exist by Blink-182 is Busters. And definitely I do get the vibe of like the 90s... Um, what would those be like? Like the, I, I get the vibe of the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater soundtrack for Buster. <laughs> um, in terms of ah, oh, geez, I'm really bad at these. I sh- I should have I should have written these out. Cat, I apologize. I might bring this up again when Lucas is here. Uh, but in terms of like, I can get kind of vibes, you know. So I think that the brain. It's it's one of two things. The brain's either like, oh, I only listen to classical music, so that's a possibility. I also think that when he's in high school, he totally gets into rap. Like I could see, I could see brain really getting into hip hop and like the real technical stuff. You know what I mean? Like listening really closely to that uh, to that Busta Rhymes one, the really fast one. Like getting into like the technicalities of rap performance. Um, just some really intelligent type of like like flow and lyricism and all that kind of stuff being that kind of that kind of rap fan uh yeah so i kind of get vibes here and there um i really like the i I really like the image of francine listening to cardi b i feel like in her teenage years uh she really learns to accept that she is a brash and loud woman young woman (laughs) <laughs> so I feel like Cardi B is a really good, like I, I, I get, I get the, I get the Cardi B vibe. I get, I get the Francine vibe off of Cardi B uh, every now and then. Um, I bet George gets into like prog rock or um, oh, what's the, or like Primus or something like George strikes me as like a bass player. I feel like he would be, he would get really into the intricacies of like, bass playing like as much as brain gets into the technical side of rap like george really finds like he george would own a tool shirt he would be the guy you know who owns a tool shirt and i don't mean that to be insulting or anything but it's just like he is like the bass player of the arthur group arthur's a really hard one to pin down now that i think about it i don't know um yeah that that one's that one's a tough one i think he may be like i guess indie rock like the decemberists or something I don't know. And Binky, I feel like, true to his character, he'd be like, have heavy metal posters and stuff like that, be secretly into like K-pop. That, that feels, that feels right to me. So that's just a couple of general ideas. I liked this question a lot. Thank you. All right. So we got our last one here from Viv, which uh, she forewarned me. It's quite long. So Viv, I really appreciate what you wrote. I'm going to try to read most of it, but if I, uh, if I condense things, it's just to kind of, uh, we're uh, running up to the half hour mark here. So uh, from Viv, the Queen of Darkness. I like this nickname, Queen of Darkness. 
been meaning to tell you for a while now about a missing podcast episode on Google Play, which is the podcast episode Lil Elias Howe with JV. Hope that can be fixed in the best way possible. Hmm. I wasn't aware of that. Remember, guys, if you ever have any technical issues with the podcast, please feel free to tell us. And also, if anybody can help us with technical issues with the podcast, please tell us. I don't know how to get that episode back on Spotify, the fact we're on Google Play. Uh, I'll look into it if I can, though. I will do what I can. Uh, the episode where we categorize the Arthur characters perfectly as a Stranger Things characters. The reason I'm bringing it up is because I unfortunately wasn't paying attention to what the awesome placements were given. Do you remember what they were? Uh, oh gosh, I'm really bad for these. I'm sorry, Viv. I wish I could, uh, I'm certain it's in the description of our most recent episodes. So if you go back to one of those, you should be able to find it. If you think about it, Arthur and Stranger Things are very similar. Young kids roaming on their own, far from their homes and their parents. One series mostly takes place in a city, and the other mostly takes place in a town. One series in the 80s, others take place in the late 90s to the present. If the main characters of Stranger Things took place in the Arthur universe, which anthropomorphic animal would they be, and why? Stranger Things, my second favorite of all time, behind Arthur. Not a bad choice. Okay, uh, so... I think this one's a little easy because I'm kind of matching up the kids with like the kids from Arthur. So like right away, I'm thinking Dustin is kind of whatever manner of dog Binky is. Like I see him as kind of a Binky. Um, I'm thinking that, uh, let's see, Lucas probably is, I'd say a bear. Um, I'm trying to figure out which one of them is the rabbit. Oh, probably Will. Uh, Will's probably the rabbit. And uh, yeah, I see Mike as like another, like the aardvark of the group. And Eleven, uh, I can see her as a rabbit too, honestly. Um, yeah, <laughs> I'm trying to think if there's any, like any one of them would be wild. Like who would be the rat among them? Maybe what's his name? The weird looking kid. Uh Will's brother. Sorry if you're screaming at your podcast right now. Uh, Jonathan. Yeah. Uh, All right. We continue on with Viv's here. I remember that a while ago you guys did a filibuster. Why are those podcast episodes called that? Because it's it's a dumb joke that I thought of that we decided to run with because we are filling the time in between podcast episodes and a filibuster is something that happens in government when somebody does not want to cede the floor. Somebody does not want to relinquish the floor when they're talking. So they continue to talk on and on and on, on like continuously. And people have done this for hours and hours. So it's basically just us filling time by talking a lot. So that's why it's called filibuster. Talking about one of the greatest movie masterpieces of all time, Us. That movie is so good and... Uh, I love it so much. Jordan Peele is a genius. I can't wait to see movie again with the audio commentary. I know you probably can't uh, reveal your thoughts about it because it's only exclusive for Patreon members only. Uh, well, I mean, very briefly, you know, I'll say that uh, I watched Us again recently for Halloween. It's October. I like it okay. I think it's fine. And I think it's really cool the amount of work that Jordan Peele put into making that movie uh, as cerebral and intelligent as it is. So I really appreciate that. I think that's incredibly well done. Uh, but as a movie, like I just end up, sorry, this is a horrible noise. I'm just trying to str- 
stretch here a little bit. Uh, uh, I, I, I prefer Get Out. Uh, that kind of just hits me. It's a little. It works a little bit more for me uh, as a horror movie. I found that uh, on second watch, I wasn't as into Us as I was a second watch with uh, Get Out. But I'm glad you liked it, Vim. I'm glad it really worked for you. And I can definitely see why. Uh, I loved in the Fern Fern episode where Fern wondered if there were any dark ghost stories about Moose Mountain. Uh, Fern is the queen of darkness in a good way. Speaking of her possibly temporary title, I really loved that the episode that you guys talked about recently, Fernkenstein's Monster. Um, yeah, Fern, as Viv says here, uh, wants to be like Mary Shelley and make very frightening stories. Uh <clears throat> I remember when I first watched this episode at the moment where Fern was telling her very scary story um, and she was at the climax part where there aren't any more visuals to the story. And at the time I was little when I first watched, I was disappointed that they didn't show the scary and crazy climax. Excuse me. Sorry. A little burp there. Again, probably not going to edit this. I'm sorry. Uh, Imagination is one of the most powerful and sometimes scary places where you might have imagined scarier or and or different than the person who's listening to the same story next to you, especially as a kid. And it would have been cool if the episode was called Fern's Story. It sounds more mysterious than the actual story, don't you think? And that reminds me, when I was waiting to watch the second to last episode of Arthur Season 22 on Tuesday, I watched Frankenstein's Monster again. I found it funny and characteristic that the three scared characters had one scary thing in particular from the story that they found the most frightening. Yeah, I liked that too. Uh, DW is more brave than the rest of them and defends the awesome story that Fern had created and adds to it. And I think they would make a great horror novel writing partnership in the future. Yeah, like Guillermo del Toro did. uh, I forget who wrote that with him for The Strain. I hope that happens someday for them, and it should happen because it's perfect. During the last episode that you guys talked about, the themes of the episode about the first about being sick and of you guys being sick, and the other episode about chicken, and when you combine those two themes, you get chicken soup. It's a perfect result from those two. (laughs) That's not a bad way of looking at it. There is a post that you posted on Twitter that took place in the episode Vomitrocious that didn't make sense to me that was referencing Catcher in the Rye. What does that mean? Uh, so, yeah, if you go on our Twitter at ECL Podcast, one of our wonderful fans, uh, that would be, I believe, that was, uh, oh, I'm, I am going to get it wrong. So I am going to look it up very quickly here. But uh, posted a video of the line from that episode where Francine says, you know what's worse than throwing up in front of everybody? Phonies. And oh, when she says phonies, there's like an overlay of the catcher in the rye. Now, if you haven't read this book, oh, it was Saturday, Saturday AM Block Party who did that. Thank you. You guys rock. Uh, the catcher in the rye. And <laughs> so... One of the things that people remember about that book is that the main character of the book, Holden Caulfield, refers to a lot of people and things that he doesn't like as being phony or people as phonies. And if you don't like the book, (laughs) uh, it had a bit of a reputation at my high school of being something that a lot of people bounced off of and really didn't like. I I find that there's, there's the type of teenager who really doesn't like Catcher in the Rye, and there's the one who really does. But, uh, yeah, you remember Holden Caulfield calling people phonies. And so that just kind of – I think we made reference to that in the episode as well. So, uh, um, yeah, that's 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 what that means. Um, 
So hopefully that uh, didn't confuse anybody. Uh, Can't wait for you guys to talk about the launch board episode to Buster's spinoff series. Yeah, we're going to be talking about that really, really soon. Uh, She makes a note here about the voice actor for Buster's dad. Yep, don't worry. We're going to be talking about that. In a future episode of Arthur, which happens to be my favorite episode of the series, they made a reference to a postcard from Buster episode where... uh, uh, she was entering a writing contest and she was asking Buster for help and her story could have been better since there should have been some build up to who the villain is. I think this is, sorry. Uh, okay. Anyways, speaking of my favorite episode, I hope I get to guest star in that episode on the podcast. Uh, the Squirrels and Fern and Persimony, Persimony Glitchit. I have lots to talk about my favorite episode. Okay, so that's the one. And I hope that Lucas will join in as well. Well, we might be able to make that happen. Oh, queen of darkness. Sorry that I had to kind of shorten things down. Uh, but hopefully I got the important things there. Uh, and thank you, Viv. Really appreciate your email and your correspondence, as always. And hope to talk to you again soon. All right. So that is, uh, those are our emails for the show. Thank you, everybody who wrote in. And uh, I've earmarked Lion Dog ZXAs. I'm going to ask Lucas that question when we next meet for our Postcards from Buster episode, which will be coming soon. So that brings me to the news about the show. Um, so yeah, without going into too much detail, I, you know, you guys don't need to hear every bit of my personal life, but recently I had a not very good day mental health-wise. And it was from that day, everything's okay. Everything's okay now. And we're moving towards making it better in the future so that I have less bad days. And in doing that, it means that I need to realize that, you know, I, I wonder if you guys can relate to this. I feel like you can, that sometimes you don't realize how much work that you're doing. I feel like we as younger people take on a lot of work, whether it's schoolwork or whether it's actual like job work or something to, you know, continue our education or to keep ourselves alive to make money all that kind of stuff and you don't realize how much work you're doing until somebody says no you're doing a lot of work and I didn't realize that myself so I'm making changes in my life to my uh, working schedule and to my work full stop very soon and part of that is the podcast it is fun to do the podcast but it is also a lot of work to edit it uh, to manage the social media to manage the Patreon as well, to keep uh, things going on over there. So we're going to make a few changes, officially. Now, <laughs> uh, this one may not be so so much big of a shock, because we've kind of been doing this for a little while. We have spurts, Lucas and I, where we are able to get an episode out weekly, and that, and that was really good. I loved when we were able to do that. But it's a lot of work, especially for the both of us, when Lucas is getting busy elsewhere, and I have a lot of stuff to do on my plate as it is. So for the foreseeable future, we are going to be moving forward with every Elwood City Limits official episode being every two weeks instead of every week. Uh, So this means that we're going to try and do the full episode on Postcards from Buster next week, and then the following episode will be out two weeks from that, which gives us a little bit of buffer in between. Like if we... Um, if there's a week where Lucas isn't in town or I'm not able to do it, 
then we have have another week to try. So every two weeks is going to be the schedule going forward. Uh, I've also been talking a little bit or asking questions of our Patreon subscribers. And I'm very thankful for everybody who participated in the poll on patreon.com slash Limits. If you're a Patreon listener, if you haven't voted there, please feel free to. But the question I was asking was if... So Viv mentioned our filibusters, which we do on weeks where we're not able to get out a regular episode. They're fill-in episodes for our patrons, and normally we talk about something that we've been uh, into in the past week. Movies, TV, anime, video games, that kind of stuff. They're pretty easy to do, but it's still like, you know, we have to think about what we're going to talk about. I usually have to set aside 20 to 30 minutes to talk about it, and another 30 to to edit it together. Uh, after the results of the poll... And in talking to it about Lucas and being realistic about the work I'm creating for myself, uh, we're going to discontinue the filibusters. Um, it's just enough. Like I need, I personally, and this is this is me. Lucas was very good to hear me out on this, and he does agree. But this is driven by me. This is not particularly, you know, this this was my idea. Um, I really need that week off I really need a week break and you know normally it would be well we have we have an off week from ECL so we'll just do extra content like no I I don't want to I don't want to do that so I need to do a bit less and I wanted to make sure that our patrons were still happy with supporting us um and I really hope I'm not rambling at this point. I apologize. I'm going to try and wrap this up soon. Okay, so basically, we're not doing extra content anymore for the Patreon. Patreon is still there. But I, I want to stress this for anybody who has ever thought about joining or for anybody who is on right now. Um, this has always been like we're not surviving because of Patreon. Patreon is a thing where if you want to support us, that's great. We really do appreciate it. Some of you are generous beyond I, I i never even thought we'd have a patreon to be honest with you like it's i still can't believe it um so even like and that goes for the people who donate a dollar a month that's wild to me thank you so much it means a lot but it's a way for you to say thank you i don't want you to think that you have to do this to support the way that lucas and i live um if you want to like you you're fine you can withdraw your pledge anytime you want money uh, like even a dollar a month can be a little bit much two dollars a month can be you know if you're looking for things to drop you can drop us it's okay but we just want to keep the option there for anybody who wants to say thank you that is a cool way to do it and we really appreciate it and we always wanted to leave the amount that you give up to you so that won't change but we're not going to be doing any extra content this is really just for a way to say thank you now i say that I think I will keep the uh, the stretch goals up. Now, we're not looking to necessarily meet those, but hey, if we happen to get to 40 patron- patrons, as is the current goal, we will go to see Sonic the Hedgehog and do a little podcast about that. That's like a once-in-a-while thing. I think we can swing that. I think that's okay. But uh, yeah, so that's next February, so we'll see if we make it there. But that's not the important thing. The important thing is that... Um, there's a way for you guys to say thank you if you want to. Uh, and I really hope that you are 
happy with the content that we're putting out. Uh, your correspondence, your emails, your social media, everything, um, your kind words, your participation on the Discord has been great. That's the other thing is that if you become a patron, I will let you into the Discord. And because it's because to be honest with you, it's too hard for me to track. Oh, this person left. I got to delete them out. Once you join the Discord, you're in. Like if even if you stop donating, you're in. It's fine. Like just come and have fun and talk with us. Um. And as for some of the other Patreon only content, uh, such as commentaries and any extra episodes that didn't make it to the main feed. I think it's mainly commentaries. I'll be putting those on the main feed too. So I, th- I think it's just appropriate that everybody get the same amount of content, whether you're paying us or whether you're not. Um, I think that's only fair. And of course, if you really liked the filibusters and you don't like that we're not doing them anymore, please feel free to take your pledge off of Patreon. We won't be offended. Frankly, we're completely dumbfounded that we're still here and that people like you who are listening uh, like us. I, I try, I don't know. I'm not a very confident person. So it really means a lot that you guys have stuck around for this long and that this podcast has been around for this long. Anyway, uh, <laughs> a lot of times in the filibuster, I get I get a little melancholy like I am right now, but that's okay. So that's the big announcement. An episode every two weeks. Uh, Patreon staying up, but no more additional episodes. We just need our space. We need our room. We need a break. So that's what's going to be. And you can expect uh, some Arthur commentaries maybe in December as like a little Christmas holiday present. And that's the big news. We're not closing down. We're not stopping. For goodness sakes, no. Uh, This has been long enough, so I'm going to get out of your hair here. Uh, Again, I'm sorry we couldn't make the new episode happen, but it will be coming to you very soon. And hopefully I'll stop burping soon. I need to drink water. (laughs) Thank you very much, everybody, for your emails, for your support. It's been so much fun. And hey, speaking of support, uh, I want to make sure that I never forget because the least, the very least that I could do for our beloved patrons is to read them out on the show. And that will never change. We will always make sure to talk about the people who have given us the uh, the wonderful gift of their money, time, and attention. Like Aaron DeFilippo and Alex, Caitlin Harrington, Chandler LeFave Bowden, uh, Christine Wong, Christopher Ifill, Sierra S., Crescent Fresh, Dan Mike Dawson Silva, Emily K., Froppy, Ian Collis, Jake Bailey, Joe Sue, John DeLong, John Griswold. Uh, we have Kat, we have Kaylin Krogal, we have Kevin Noon, and Kristen. Uh, we have Leanne S, Light Relentless, Macy Ball, Michaela Gibson. We have Riley Stevens and Ross Ward, Shayna Bennett, Stella, Teresa, and William. And I just want to make sure I didn't miss anybody. I'm so sorry if I missed you. Okay, no. All right. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, nothing if not humble and humbled by everything you guys do. And hopefully we make your week, your day, your hour and a half, or in this case, 45 minutes, a little bit better. Thanks, everybody. This is Will Young uh, for Elwood City Limits and for Lucas Mancini. We will see you uh, next time here on Elwood City Limits. And we'll be talking postcards from Buster.
And of course, if you ever have anything that you want to talk to us about, just send us an email, look us up on social, or, uh, uh, I don't know, invite us on your podcast or something. (laughs) See you later.